0: This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's message is by myself. It's from the Book of John, uh, where are we, chapters 13 and 14. And uh, if you want, you can check us out on our website, ZionHebrewCongregation.com. You can find our archived Shabbat messages there, at least most of them, not every single one we've ever done, obviously. But uh, also you can find my dad's blog post that he writes each week. You can subscribe to those by putting your email in the little subscribe box. At the bottom of our homepage, you can find our social media account links. You can check those out where we put uh, the tour portions, my dad's blog posts, and things like that. Uh, And you can subscribe to our Shabbat messages wherever you get your podcast provider. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, things like that. And our theme music is by my buddy Evan Shaw. His uh, Instagram is Music, and his uh, website is evanshawmusic.com. Hope you have a good week and enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arrive. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. If you want to churn, turn to uh, the Book of John, we're going to be continuing on, and we're going to be in um, Chapter Thirteen. So this this section here. Um, is is a long narrative that continues um, all the way up to chapter eighteen. Um, so keep that in mind. It's 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 kind of a long. Yeshua is speaking, and he's basically he's with his disciples at the uh, whatever you think it is. Last supper, last Passover. Random graduation ceremony thing. In the <laughs> in the messianic movement, there's much debate about what this exactly is. I still kind of personally think that it's 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 a Passover seder, but uh, but there's issues with that. But I'm not going to get into all of that. <laughs> and I think I think to get hung up on that is to kind of miss the whole point of of what's going on in this section anyway. So so we're going to go through chapter 13 and uh, look at it. Um, I have some of just my own personal thoughts on things that are going on in here. There's lots of other uh, people in their opinions on, you know, like Yeshua washing the disciples' feet and what all that entails and means. And um, it's interesting, but I, I have some of my own thoughts, nothing profound, but we're going to go through it and... And uh, yeah, so let's pray first and then we'll get into this. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this Shabbat and this time to just be together, to read from your word, study and learn. And I just pray that you would um, uh, teach us through it and that we would uh, grow to be more like you and walk out your word and your ways and be a light on the earth. And uh, Yeshua's name I pray, amen. All right, so chapter 13 of the book of John here. All right, so now there, before the feast of Passover, when Yeshua knew that his hour was to come and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put uh, into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to to betray him, Yeshua knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and gird himself. So, you have this opening up part where um, you have John kind of summing things up here in, in verse 1. So, we have the Feast of Passover come. Yeshua knows that his hours come and that he's going to depart out of the world unto the Father. And he's loved his own unto the end, which were of the world, and he loved them to the end. So, talking about his own, his disciples, his flock, his followers, those who uh, were, were following him. And then you have verse two, supper, they eat supper, the devil now having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him. So I always find that interesting that, but it's, I guess it's not really interesting since Simon, or, or since Judas was not, I, I don't think, a believer, you know, he maybe knew, I don't know what he knew, I guess. I mean, I don't know, I don't understand how you follow Yeshua around, see all that you see, and... And still don't believe, although although I don't think there's any other different excuse for anyone today. How do you walk through life, see all that you see, have the truth right in front of you? Everybody has all the same information, all the same facts. They just choose to look at it from different points of view. It's kind of like, I'm sure you know, you, you see from your uh, like police experience. And even when I was a kid in cop camp, we you know they'd make up mock scenarios and then you'd all have to recount the scenario from your point of view and it all of our stories were different even though we were looking at the same same facts and so I think it's a little bit the same thing we all have the same information you know God gives us his word and we walk through the same life all together but everybody experiences things a little bit differently and so it's all your your own individual response and so obviously uh, Judas You know, it talked about in in chapter 12 when um, Miriam anointed him with oil, Yeshua, and wiped, you know, his feet with her hair. And he just, he was like, oh, why didn't we donate this to the poor? But it was actually because he wanted the money because he controlled the money bag, which was interesting. I I brought up before, it's interesting to me that, you know, obviously Yeshua knew he was a bad guy. So why'd he allow him to carry around the money bag? You know, why didn't he be like, hey, 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 give give me that. We're gonna give it to this guy over here. But no, it's actually the bad guy that controls the money. Uh, I don't know what to think of that. It's interesting. I'm sure there's a whole lot of parallels in life that you could uh, that you could make. And, but I think honestly, like when there's problems in the world, we tend to be like, oh, it's all the bad people who are most and, and I mean, partially it is. We look around in the world, like who are the most active and vocal and motivated people? It tends to be the bad people for all the wrong reasons, right? But I think that, I know for me anyways, is just a little bit of an excuse to get myself off the hook for not living and doing what I should, you know. Instead of pointing at all the quote-unquote bad people, you know, look at your... We need to look at our own lives and evaluate them and and think about what we're doing that we should be doing that's right. Um, So Yeshua knows all the nature of these people and... uh, that's why it says in verse 3, Yeshua, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. So, continuing on, verse 4. He riseth from supper, laid aside in his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet, and wiped them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Yeshua answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest... Uh, Thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Yeshua answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. <laughs> Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Yeshua said unto him, He that wash needeth not save but to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Wherefore, said he, you're not all clean. So this whole pa- it, passage is interesting. A lot of people take it hyper-literally and say, all right, you know, whenever we get together, we should be washing each other's feet. Or the leaders should be washing each other's feet. I'm not going to be washing any of you guys' feet, sorry. <laughs> Negative. Because I don't think that's what Yeshua was trying to convey here. I believe this was a, personally a picture of his death and that he was cleansing them from death. Because Hebraically and Biblically, you go all the way back to the beginning, the, the snake is going to crawl on his belly and eat the dust of the earth. The dust of the earth is where death resides, and where you die, that's where you go. And so Yeshua is the one that is cleansing them. That's why he was saying, I don't need to wash your whole body. It's, I'm washing your feet where you walk through this world. And I am cleansing you from the death of this world. Because why did he die? It was to save his people from the penalty of death, which is separation from the father. And he's saying, and you got to keep in mind, this is all Luke you're getting. This is, you're not going to look this, maybe you'll look it up in some commentary randomly somewhere, but this is just my opinion. I uh, uh, lost my train of thought. Um, Anyway, so he says, if I don't wash you, you're not going to have any part with me. So I think that's why he tells Peter, so why would he tell Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you can't be, you can't have any part with me. It's not like we can't be buddies anymore, and we can't be friends. He's saying, if you don't allow me to cleanse you from the death of this world, you cannot be, you cannot be. Part of, the, part of me and walk with me and be in my kingdom with me because I'm the one who separates you, separates mankind from death through uh, this act of being a lowly servant that comes down to earth. So I think it's a, just a very clear and simple picture that he's doing because that's what Yeshua did in his whole life and ministry was to live out on the physical earth in physical actions, eternal pictures of the kingdom of heaven where we cannot see, experience, and know. That's why God told Moses, build the tabernacle as you have seen it, because it's a picture of what goes on in heaven. Everything that God does on earth has physical reasons behind them and pictures so that we can understand and even grasp the nature of God, because We can't even conceive and grasp the nature of God. So he has to give us ways to understand him. And uh, I believe this is one of those things. And so he's saying, uh, you know, Peter objects and says, why are you washing my feet? You know, I'm the servant. I should be washing your feet or you should be. And if you're going to wash me, I need to be completely clean. And so, oh, that's what I was going to say. The idea, you have to keep in mind the understanding and the mindset of being clean within the first century. There was a whole, and even nowadays, Uh, orthodox homes, you'll have the cup with the two handles. You get up and you wash one hand, you wash the other hand so that you're ritually clean, and that's all rabbinically uh, derived and none of it's biblical, but it does originate from the idea of when you walk around in the world, you get contaminated by death because death is everywhere. People, uh, blood, uh, births, leaves falling off trees, everywhere. There's death everywhere and it's in the dust of the earth. Um and so to come into the presence of God, you have to be clean. God cannot commingle with, with death. And so to, to enter into the temple, to come under God and to worship him, there was a whole there was a whole system of steps you had to go through in order to be cleansed. That's why they had the ashes of the red heifer, and you had to be immersed, and there was a whole process of these things, and you couldn't just walk into the waltz into the presence of God because He would consume you. And so Uh, Yeshua here is demonstrating a picture of his own death and how he has come, God himself, as a servant to cleanse his people who would follow him and make them clean. Uh, But it's interesting to me. I wonder... So 10, he says... uh, but is clean every whit and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, wherefore he said, you are not all clean. So I wonder if he washed, I'm sorry, he probably did. So he probably washed Judas's feet. So again, it's not that this foot washing did anything, but it was a picture born out in his life and his action, his spirit to convey to us again these eternal principles so that we could read it today. And um, we need those things, you know. We can't just spiritualize any, everything. And that's why, you know, what makes a holiday or a festival fun and, and uh, gives it those warm, fuzzy festival feelings? It's because you actually do things. If you just say, well, today's Passover and then you just sit there on your couch and stare at the wall that, I mean that doesn't you know you're not gonna feel anything it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything but if you decorate and you make good food and you smell the smells and people come over and you play some Passover music lunch, <laughs> you know it'll it'll you get into the spirit of it right well what in the world is the spirit spirit is it's unseen it's those things you do that affect the unseen things of our lives and our emotions and our minds and, and that you feel that, it's energy. I mean, it's, it's, there's physics involved with all of this. That's why I don't believe there's anything ceremonial in the Bible. People will say, well, that's ritually and ceremonially, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that there's anything, uh, I don't believe that there's any commandment or process laid out in the Bible, especially relating to the temple and the tabernacle that is there just to be there you know, just to make people, you know, jump up and down, spin three times in a circle, and then, uh, you know, kablam, type of thing. I don't believe that's how God works. That's (coughs) Disney, (laughs) so. (laughs) Okay, continuing on here. Hope that makes a little bit of sense. So, okay, um... 11. So for he knew who should betray him wherefore he said ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments he sat down again and said unto them know ye what I have done with to you. <laughs> I imagine it's one of those questions where like he asks the question and it's just like cricket 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 you know like one of those stuff. and everybody's just too afraid to even venture anything cuz like, i have no freaking idea what just happened you know. <clears throat> So obviously no one responds because we, no one responds. So 13, he says, Ye call me master and lord, and so say well, we're in 13, for so I am. If I then, your lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. So he says, I've laying out an example and as I have am going to lay down my life and dedicate my life uh, to the cleanse to your cleansing and to uh Remove you from the the position of death that you're in, so that you need to because what he's preparing them because he's going to die and he's going to ascend back into heaven and then they're going to be dispersed. The temple's going to be destroyed and they're going to go into all the world. And so his messengers are being sent out all over everywhere to gather back in those who will be joined under the kingdom. And so he's he's saying this is an example to you that you you must serve. You're not you know rulers and lords over my flock. Uh, you are, are stewards and shepherds and pastors and, and they they lead by service and by example. That's how all best the best leaders are. It's, it's like if you have somebody who just sits in their chair all fat dumb and happy and just makes commands, nobody likes that guy. Whereas if you get somebody who gets down in the dirt doing the push-ups with the troops or or a boss who uh, gets in there and uh, Where's Chris? And washes trucks every now, now and again and you know, sets an example like a leader like that, you respect that guy. And you're like, yeah, I like this guy. That's a guy I wanna, you know, I can respect and I can really work for him. I'm gonna put out more for Instead of being like, well, the H-E double tooth with you, I'm cutting out and going home early. I don't care what happens to you. So it's the same thing in the family of God. And that's how leaders are supposed to be in the family of God. Okay, uh, and you'll be happy. Uh, 18, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath, filled, hath lifted up his heel against me. So that goes all the way uh, back to the prophecies of, uh, uh, in the Tanakh with the serpent. And it says he, he will... Uh, I'm going to butcher it. He, 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 he will crush your heel, but you'll crush his head. <laughs> and so, with the, uh, talking about Satan and how he's going he's, he's gonna to die, but he will rise again and crush the head of the snake. So, uh, uh, but he, that's why he's lifted up his heel against me. Now, in and that, in, in that's even pictured in with Jacob and Esau, when Jacob's holding on to the heel of Esau, because Esau is trying to step on his head, so, and that's why he even got his name, the heel grabber, anyway, there's a lot, they, all these things, they're, they're themes tied through the entire scripture, and where if you, if you see these things, and you connect them, and you have a good base in the Tanakh, which we all should have, you'll see these things, and it won't just be like, oh, he lifted up his heel against me, what's that mean, you know, 19, now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, that ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whosoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And when Yeshua had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified, saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. So he knows that the betrayal is coming. And then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Uh, now, there was one, now there was leaning on Yeshua's bosom one of his disciples whom Yeshua loved. And Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask whom it should be of whom he spake. Uh, he then, lying on Yeshua's breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? And Yeshua answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Yeshua said that thou, that thou doest, do quickly. And no man at the table knew for what intent he had spake this unto them. So this must have been really kind of weird and confusing. <laughs> so he says, I'm, uh, I'm going to dip this bread in this bowl of hummus here, and I'm going to give it to the guy who's going to betray him, and then he gives it to Judas, and then he says, what do you got to do? Do it quickly. And so they're all thinking, what in the world's going on? <clears throat> 28. No man knew at the table, no, now no man at the table knew for what intent he had spoke thus unto them. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Yeshua had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. So off goes... Judas to do his his dirty deed, which is interesting to me that, you know, you would think that Judas, knowing that basically, I would imagine Judas understood that Yeshua knew what he was going to do, and he goes and he does it anyway. Um, That's interesting. 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Yeshua said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. So, he's going to be glorified. All right, 34, I'm sorry, 32. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love unto one another. So oftentimes you'll hear, Yeshua gave one commandment and a new commandment and summed up everything to love one another. And that's all we have to do. And, but it, it, that's not a new commandment. I mean, obviously God has all through the Tanakh commanded us to love one another. But he's saying, as I have loved you, and so he's saying, I, as, as God himself on earth, have set this example for you of how to lay down your life and how to take care of one another. That's what you're supposed to do. And uh, if you band together and love one another, you you will be an example of me before all mankind. And um, there's not a whole lot of that going on <laughs> right now. I don't know. It's definitely an area we need to work on for sure as a, as a as those who profess to know Yeshua. Um, But all the, you know, all these things that He says, loving one another, and these commandments, and as the Father has loved Him, uh, it's all based on the context of His Word. You can't just redefine what love means biblically. You have to, it has to align with what the Bible lays out. And so, you can't say, we just have to love one another and, and, and define that as accepting of everything you know, loving one another um, means, you know, to serve one another in a biblical fashion according to the word of God, which can be pretty harsh sometimes. Sometimes it can mean pulling out a, a whip and going into the temple. You know, sometimes it means laying down your life. So it, 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 it's defined biblically. Um, 36, and Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, "Whither I go, I canst not; uh, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards." And Peter said unto him, "Lord, why can I follow thee? Why cannot I follow thee now? I'll lay down my life for thy sake." And Jesus answered him, "Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily I say unto thee the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice." So. He's saying, Peter, you know, has a veracity and intensity and wants to follow him, but he's saying, no, you're you're not going to follow me now, Uh, and you're actually going to deny me three times before the the cock crows." So, let's see, how long have we been going? Uh, I guess we can keep, we'll we'll try to uh, get through 14 real quickly here. All right, so, he keeps going here. Uh, Chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. For where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way you know. So he's saying, I, you know, he's again, he's that's why he's girding himself with a towel. He's saying, I'm going to lay down my life for you and I'm going to be going away. but uh, And you can't come right away and you're even going to deny me. But I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back. My kingdom is being prepared. And so... Uh, and the way I go, you know. So he's saying, you understand the scriptures. Uh, but there's, they're still trying to, to grasp all this and to figure it all out. So Thomas says unto him in verse 5, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Yeshua said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from whenceforth ye know him and have seen him. So again, they're still trying to figure out what he's saying. But Yeshua's already trying to tell them, I just showed you what, 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 what the plan is and all the intent is. That's why he washed his feet. He washed their feet. He's saying, I'm going to lay down my life for you and wash the, you know, the dust of death off your feet so that you can be clean and be with me. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I know I've beat on this dead horse before, but that's a really important concept. You can't uh, deny Yeshua, but work really hard on the commandments and believe in God and be saved. You're, you, you either have Yeshua as your Messiah, and you are in the kingdom, or you're not. It's, the Bible makes no, there's no gray area there. And so you have, and if you know the Father, you will believe in Yeshua. And if you believe in Yeshua, you will know the Father. They are one and the same. Uh, so then Philip says, uh, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Yeshua said unto him, Have I been with you so long? <laughs> and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? So he kind of reams him out a little bit. He's like, how long have I been with you? And how long have I told you these same things? That if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and I'm not sure we... Christianity, the messianic movement even really grasps that very well. We tend to think we need further revelation and further explanation and 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 that what we have of Yeshua's life. I don't know that anybody says this, but maybe it's a subliminal understanding, wishing we had more and could really grasp more of God. But he's they're they're trying to Ask Yeshua himself, you know, show us the Father. We want to know the Father. Kind of like Moses wants to see God. And Yeshua's saying, if you've seen me and you know me, you've seen the Father. All that we can or are able to or have been given. And so we have been given complete revelation of the Father. And and so we have it preserved in his word. There isn't anything more. Not that... uh, not that God doesn't interact with his people on, on different levels and ways in certain circumstances, but I believe that, you know, if, if... I don't think he left anything out, you know, is what I'm saying. If there's not anything that God or Yeshua conveniently didn't tell us and we needed... To get from somewhere else, if that all makes sense. He's saying, so so they're trying to all figure out what he's talking about, like that he's going away, he's building this kingdom, that he's been with them, he's taught them, he's he showed them everything from the Father, he's given them his commandments, he's, he's prepped them adequately, he has their word, they've, they, the word of God, they've been with him, and now it's time to go forth and time to act, that they, but they don't feel ready, and they're trying to figure out what's happening, you know. So, he kind of reams Philip out a little bit. Uh, how would say is then to the show us the Father? Verse 10. Believe, not, believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The word that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for my very work's sake. Verily, Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall He do also, and greater works than these shall He do, because I go unto My Father. So He's saying, I'm gonna, I, I'm doing these works. You're gonna do greater works. Why? Because you're continuing My work of building up the kingdom, of bringing in those who have been scattered. Thirteen. And whatsoever you shall ask in My name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Again, you can't just snip this little verse out and be like, "If we just ask it and say it in Yeshua's name, that everything's gonna be done." No, it's it, it has to. It's it's in alignment with the building of the kingdom and, and Yeshua's work with His people. It's not a, 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 a you know a secret playing card that you get and rub the genie and you get three wishes. So continuing on, fourteen. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. What commandments are those? The ones of the Father, those in the Tanakh. If you love Yeshua, you're going to keep those commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be with you." I will not leave your comfort leave you comfortless, I will come to comfort. I will come to you. So he's saying, uh, I'm going to pray to the Father and send the comforter that he might may buy with you forever uh, and be with you. But he's saying, then, I will not leave you comfortless, I will go to you. So he's saying, I am the spirit that will come to you and comfort you. So Yeshua, the Father, the Holy Spirit, however you want to explain away, explain the functionalities of God, however you want to describe that, they're all the same, you know, they're not, the problem I have with the quote-unquote description of the Trinity isn't so much the Trinity, per se, I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those that that, complete, that says there is no Trinity, it's just, I think that anytime we try to parse God out into some theolo- theological, doctrinal, f- and limit him with our own words basically and what we I think we should just stick to what the scripture says about itself I don't know why we have to come up with all these things and then fight over our own positional papers uh it's just stupid to me but the issue I have with the Trinity is it's not God in three persons God is one and he he's the spirit he's the father he's the son can I explain that perfectly no big deal I don't know I don't have any pride if he can create the world Why do we get hung up on other stuff? I don't understand this. Anyway, okay, continuing on. All right. uh, So, I will come to you. 19. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, and ye shall live also. And that day you shall know that I I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. It's really important. I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. It's all connected. Why? Because, because when you're born again into this family and you're part of his family, you, 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 you have the spirit of the Father in you so that you can walk out the will and intent. You have the teachings in you and you are, you're adopted in this new family with a, a new seed of the Word of God in you. And that's what, what you operate from. That's how family works. He that hath my commandments and uh, keepeth them, we're in 21, he that, is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself unto him. So, I mean, these are just awesome verses, just so good. He that hath my commandment, and keepeth them, he that is that loveth me. You know, so what's this commandment? Is it just to love everybody? No, it's, it's. He's, he said 18 ways from Sunday, he and the Father are one. And so everything the Father has said and done, he's done the same thing. It's not like my buddy who was like, I told him that we, you know, keep the Old Testament. He was like, whoa, the God of the Old Testament, that guy's crazy. I mean, that's hard stuff. You know, it's like, no, sorry, your shoes the same guy. They're not not different guys. And so if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Um, And he that loves me shall be loved by the Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. So you can't just love Yeshua, or just love the Father, or just be led by the Spirit. They're all one and the same. And and so we need to be complete and whole as Yeshua was, operating life in a balanced manner. And he will manifest himself unto unto us. And Yeshua said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? So he's uh, he's trying to wrap his mind around this. And Yeshua answered and said unto unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. And he that loveth me, uh, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. I'm gonna pause there for a second. So. The kind of the way that I I comprehend this, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. Again, I believe, is the picture of the tabernacle or the temple and us being uh, dwelling places of the Spirit of God just like the tabernacle of the temple was. If you, if the, if the, If the tabernacle and the temple was not operated correctly, the Spirit of God could not dwell with the people because it would be an unclean and a disorderly place. Whereas if you, in our own lives, if we operate according to the instructions of God and His Word, our temple, uh, just like the temple and the tabernacle, if it's operated properly according to the instructions, God can dwell there and there's harmony and communion and instruction there. Everything has to work together completely for that to operate, and I believe so it is in our own hearts and lives. And that's why he's saying, I'll manifest myself unto you when these things are operated collectively on a holistic level of you obeying and observing my words and commandments and living properly. Uh, So in uh, 26, but... The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which we also just read, is Yeshua, whom the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So he's going he's to come, he's going to teach them all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever uh, I have said unto you. That's why I believe that, you know, if someone is... is, is uh, is truly born again, is is adopted into the family of God, and you have the Spirit of God in in you. We can we can read and understand God's Word appropriately, and He will guide us into the knowledge and understanding of all things. Maybe not all completely perfectly in this life, but collectively as a whole and as a, a body, I believe that we we can understand God fully, uh, and and it's. I just I just don't believe that the Bible or God is is, is more complicated than, than it is. Than, uh, it's un- unknowable. Like oftentimes in Judaism, they'll say, "Oh man, if it weren't for the rabbis and the sages, there's just no way to understand it." Well, I don't I don't believe that at all. For a moment, if the Spirit of God is within you, you can understand His Word. You know, it might take a little legwork, but that's okay. You know, um, twenty-seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but as I give it unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. And if you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto my father, for my father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it's come to pass, you might believe hereafter I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the father and as the Father giveth me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. So, he's getting ready to go. So he's he's kind of giving them the last uh, final will and testament. You know, he's, he's laying out the final words and instructions to his followers. And they're, uh, it's like they finally got to the end. And then they're realizing, oh man, we're going to be on our own. And we got to figure all this out. And how are we going to do it all? And so they're scrambling with all these last questions. And he's, He's saying, I've I've already you've already seen it all, you've done it all, you've learned it. When situations arise, uh, you know, my spirit will work in and through you, and you will all things will come to your remembrance. It's, it's kind of like when you've if you've studied something and immersed yourself in it to really know it. You you might not be able to just like randomly pull up facts about it, uh, but if a situation arises or uh, questions or acts of you, it'll trigger things, and you'll remember, and it'll come back. I believe that's kind of the same way that God's Spirit and His Word works. But you have to understand the mater- course material pretty intimately. You need to know it, and you hi- hide it in your heart. And so, uh, because it's all the same thing. God's Spirit, the Father, Yeshua, the Comforter, His Word, they're all the same thing. And so, uh, we have to be immersed in it to know it. Um, to, to be able to walk out life uh, the, the way we're supposed to. So anyway, I hope that was a blessing. And uh, we'll take questions after here. Hey, mighty warriors arrive.